Welcome to On Texas Football. I am in Kansas City today, uh, waiting to uh, go about my business uh, later this afternoon, evening, uh, heading over to uh, the uh, T-Mobile Center uh, to watch the Longhorns play versus Xavier. I'm going to check out the uh, Miami-Houston game. Uh, prior to that, I'm joined right now, of course, by Jerry Hamilton and Ian Boyd, both of InsideTexas.com. We're going to talk a little bit about that game coming up later today. We're also going to talk about uh, the scrimmage that is coming up for the Longhorn football team on Saturday, as well as uh, some uh, football recruiting notes, a uh, big recruiting weekend in football uh, for the Longhorns as well. Uh, but first of all, I welcome in Jerry Hamilton and Ian Boyd. How's it going, guys? I uh, Look, if I have to throw a three- or four-letter cuss word out today, it's a pretty big day. It's an exciting day. So I, if I can lose control a little bit, there's not many times you're two and a half hours from an Elite Eight. Okay, it's been a long time. So this is a pretty exciting uh, day. And I'm a big Miami Hurricanes fan for the first time in my life today. Um, and, and we'll see what happens in that first game. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that I'm going to be a Miami Hurricanes fan today, no matter what. Uh, I'll just root for them both to lose or uh, wear themselves out in like quadruple overtime so they don't have enough energy on Sunday. How about that? Does that work for you, Ian? Sounds good. <laughs> Ian's reserved today on this Friday. Uh, I, uh, we got a trivia challenge coming up as well. That's going to be sponsored by Last Stand Hats. Uh, make sure you get in and the action on that one. We've had a, quite a few different uh, folks come up with the right answers over the last uh, couple of months. Uh, Last Stand Hats have been a good sponsor of ours. So has uh, Andy Ludicky, who sponsors the Friday live stream. Andy is in the uh, franchise placement business. He runs a company called MyPerfectFranchise.net where he actually goes in and interviews prospective franchisees, people that are interested in getting into the business uh, and then figures out what business fits them or suits them best from a time perspective, uh, from a skill set perspective, as well as a financial perspective. Uh, that's Andy Ludicky at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Make sure you get him out. Uh, guys, I got to tell you all, I was walking around here earlier today and, uh, um, in the Kansas City, as I got in, I went down to the uh, power or light and power district or power and light district. I uh, walked around the area, uh, met up with the uh, Miami Hurricanes cheerleaders. Uh, they were having a Starbucks. I went into Starbucks and uh, sure enough, the Miami Hurricane cheerleaders were there. Uh, checked that out. Went and got a sandwich, ran into a couple of University of Houston fans. I uh, saw a couple of uh, Texas fans as well. Uh, but it is too cold outside. I was going to try to do it down in the Power and Light District uh, outside, but it is too cold outside here in uh, Kansas City to do a live stream outside. Uh, I am, um, it, it's a little chilly in Kansas City. I, I, after, you, after you called me earlier, so I saw, I looked on the weather app, it said 37. So I was like, yeah, that's a, a little, a little cold to do an hour outside. Yeah, I think I'm going to be wearing my Texas hoodie to the game today. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, hey, guys, uh, speaking of the game, I want to get to that later. But first, let's talk about the, the two things coming up in football uh, for today. Uh, and that is the recruiting weekend. Uh, Jerry, a bunch of guys coming in. How big is it for Texas this weekend? And please try to place it uh, in uh, proper perspective for what Texas is trying to accomplish overall. Yeah, I think, uh, look, the January 21st day had more overall talent. This, uh, there were more of the in-state top targets there. Um, now, Saturday is a huge day. It's the second junior day, the final junior day. 
uh, before the April evaluation period, which is uh, April 15th through May 31st. Then you get in the June official visits, which is the biggest, the most impactful recruiting time for Texas is going to be the month of June. Uh, but this is a very important weekend for Texas. The number of out-of-state prospects going to be on campus for the first time. Obviously, Colin Simmons is not one of those. He's the biggest name. The Duncanville five-star edge prospect scheduled to be on campus with his mom uh, and probably uncle on Saturday, right? So anytime you get five-star prospect, it's an edge prospect, that's a top-rated prospect in Texas, the player, best player from Duncanville in DFW, and his mom on campus, that's a huge weekend to begin with. So let's leave it there. Um, but, some, you know, it's going to be interesting. I expect an offer to go out this weekend. Makai Saina, interior offensive line prospect from Arlington Martin. He's coming down with his mom. Wasn't sure if he was going to make it. That just got finalized yesterday. He's a guy who uh, has really grown on the Texas staff. Flood, Sarkeesian, those guys, they really like Saina's tenacity, quick feet uh, in that upside frame. Uh, I expect him to be offered this weekend. Then you have some guys, you know, you ha do have some guys like Ori Williams from San Marcos offensive tackle that's already got a uh, official visit scheduled for June 23rd, 5th, and was at the first junior day. They're getting him on campus again. It's a good sign for Texas when you're battling LSU and Georgia and a couple others for one of the top offensive tackle prospects in the country. He's not ranked there, but the national ranking will catch up uh, as more people see him uh, this spring and summer. But it's a big week, a lot of 2025 guys, a lot of top 2025 defensive line targets in Texas, outside the state of Texas, are all going to be on hand. Then you get to the running back position, which is interesting, Bobby. Texas is trending well with Jarrett Gibson, but they're going to take two running backs in this class. The second running back is going to be a bigger frame running back. Well, Christian Clark out of Arizona, who is really talented, just coming off the Alabama-Georgia-Auburn swing trips, and Kedron Young from Lufkin, who's probably the most powerful downhill back that Texas is recruiting. Those two guys are going to be in tomorrow. So I think we'll get a feel for where RB2 or the second running back in that class uh, stands because, as Steve Sarkeesian said in this press conference, taking two running backs with the same skill set isn't really what they want to do. And Jarrett Gibson is more similar to Taylor Tatum and James Peoples. So Christian Clark, Kedron Young, different type of backs coming in this weekend. Any thoughts on a potential commitment from anybody, or is this a wait-and-see weekend, you think, Jerry? I mean, we, we all – look, we all grew up in the time of Mac, Mac Brown getting, you know, 10 commitments in a weekend in February or – March. Um, that's not necessarily Steve Sarkeesian's MO. What are your thoughts going uh, for, forward is that, as that's no, concerned? Yeah, I don't want to completely rule it out yet. But the, the important thing for Texas fans to remember, where recruiting has changed is, you know, the spring, uh, spring and summer official visits really changed recruiting for all these kids. 75, 80% of the targets for Texas are going to want to decide before their senior season. But deciding in March or April, it, that's a lot less uh, of a percentage nowadays. These kids want to go through the, the unofficial visit process, the junior day visit, the spring game in April, but then more importantly, the June official visits. You just don't see as many kids commit now if they're planning on taking two or three or four June official visits. And so that's really where the process is. Could a kid or two commit to Texas before that? Sure, that's always possible. Um, but I think the college coaches kind of like this calendar, too, that these kids are on and these timeline these kids are on because you don't want a ton of these kids committing before the spring evaluation period, April 15th and May 31st. You know, you have too many commitments now. You're going to go out and see somebody you like better uh, in the spring. So I, I just think this all works out for the prospects and for the college staffs because they get to continue to evaluate guys ahead of June official visits. And they get to, these unofficial visits like this weekend is crucial 
for Texas with the out-of-state D linemen, kids like Terrence Hibbler out of Holmes County in Mississippi, Caleb Moore out of Hattiesburg. This is the first time these kids have ever been on campus. That means it's the first time Steve Sarkeesian ever gets to sit down or the defensive staff sits down with these guys. So you get a feel for are we wasting our time, one. It, two, is this guy a fit? Uh, because I think the days of recruiting, uh, taking these commitments and not being sure if a kid's a fit or over uh, at Texas for Steve Sarkeesian. So I think they love the timeline of these kids. Got it. All right. I got to ask you this. If you're in a cussing mood, Jerry, uh, let's talk a little <laughs> Alfred Collins. <laughs> hey, uh, Ian, I want to go to you next, bud. Um, the, the question I have, and, and we put up the uh, – Eric, Nalin, and uh, Justin Cook put up the uh, team humidor earlier today uh, and talked a little bit about uh, how the team is looking, some of the things that they're looking for, that there's going to be likely a scrimmage on Saturday uh, where these uh, recruits were actually being – in attendance. Uh, what I wanted to ask of you and, and something that they mentioned is that they're hearing Anthony Hill right now, the linebacker talented freshman is starting to come on a little bit, even though it's just five practices in uh, your thoughts on the importance of him uh, and Orleans Lafau, someone stepping in opposite Jalen Ford, uh, perhaps David Benda finally makes it uh, make something happen as a senior as well. Well, I really think it's going to be Benda or Blackwell, honestly, that, that takes over starting Will this coming season. It's just such a, a difficult position to play early on. But even if that's the case, um, they're going to want to play Hill as much as they can this season because he's probably the guy the year after. You're going to lose Ford for sure. I think Benda may be out of eligibility after this yeah. season. Right? Um, yeah. Blackwell, I don't know that Blackwell is going to start at will. He's been playing both positions and maybe there's a chance that he plays, uh, that he plays both, but whenever he plays in base, he's going to be over at Sam. And then you still have another starter at will. So even if Blackwell is the best will, you still have, you still have to find another guy that can do what Tucker Dorsey did last year and play a lot of snaps there. Um, So that, you know, you need to have a backup there. Even if Benda can do that, Hill needs to be ready as a backup. And then you probably need him to start in 2024 so whenever i read that you know that he's he's coming he's coming along well he's going to play a lot this season i still don't necessarily take that to mean that he's going to start i i would take that more as uh, that needs to happen even if he doesn't start because he's going to be needed for both for depth and then also to take over next year he's drinking he's drinking from a fire hose right now all freshmen are Uh, and we talked about that a little bit uh, one of the guys, though, that they also mentioned in the, in the humidor that I thought was interesting, Gavin Holmes. Now, he's a newcomer, but he's not necessarily similarly situated because he's got two years of starting experience coming in from Wake Forest. They said he picked off, it sounded like he picked off uh, Quinn Ewers uh, in uh, workouts yesterday. Uh, you know, what, what what's Texas going to do at corner when you have guys like Gavin Holmes joining Ryan Watts and someone like Terrence Brooks Uh, who I think that, you know, I think we're all in agreement. Those three guys are are more than passable starters at corner for Texas this year. Brooks was really, I mean, he was really coming on at the end of the year. Um, If he just cleans up, I think he gave up two big touchdowns last season on assignment busts. Not getting beat, just, you know, not even being in the game, right, on on an error. If If he cleans that up, he might be the best corner on campus. And to clean that up in year two is not insane. 
you know, they also, that humidor noted that Ryan Watts keeps getting bigger and bigger and stronger. So you got to wonder at some point they have Brooks that could probably be a starting, he might be the best starting corner on the team. Might be this season. You have Gavin Holmes, who could also contend for that distinction. Then you have Xavier Bryce and, and uh, Malik Muhammad coming in that are both coming on. They both, they like both of those guys. You got Austin Jordan who's coming along and he's playing some at star, but they'll have Gilbo back. You could move Ryan Watts to safety if you needed to. Now, I don't know that they're going to do that. He was pretty. How do you move a starter? I mean, you know, we, we've been through this, right? I mean, we've seen Texas struggle to have enough talent on defense Um, to move a starter would almost seem insane, right? I mean, that's not something Texas has looked to do, although they did do it with Anthony Cook. They took him out of the nickel roll and moved him back to to safety last year. Um, Jalen Catalan has that uh, shoulder injury that they got – that they did some additional cleanup on, it sounds like. Uh, Maybe. I mean, but – Jerry, where where are you at on this? You know what I take from the whole conversation? Texas is a lot better at corner headed into next year than they were last year. No offense to the Sean Jamison, but Gavin Holmes is a really good football player. Uh, he is a two-year starter at Wake Forest. And by the way, for people that laugh at Wake Forest, they've been better than Texas the last two years on the field, okay? I mean, so he's he's from New Orleans. He's got that uh, SEC speed, and he comes into Texas as a two-year starting player at a program that won, I believe, eight and nine games. Um and then you have Ryan Watts, a year old. Then you have Terrence Brooks. It's really freshman, the sophomore year for him. He's an NFL prospect. Then you have talented freshman, true freshman, Malik Muhammad. Then you mentioned Xavier Bryce, who has that length. To me, the biggest takeaway, Texas is a lot going to be a lot better at corner this year if they stay healthy. From experience standpoint and bringing in a guy like Holmes, who's going to be, I think, just going to bring a different speed to the game at corner than Texas had. And then you have the young guys that have the frames that Texas really wants, the desires, and is going to develop. Uh, so that's big, my biggest take when we get into these discussions is check off a box of a position that's going to be better for Texas this season versus last season. This is probably right. also their very good chance that they build out some kind of third down sub package this season. They didn't really – particularly have one last year, but this coming year with all these corners, it's you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. If you don't have something like, um, like you remember Todd Orlando's, uh, what, what did we call it? The, the 38 special or whatever, where he would play like eight defensive backs in the field. And, uh, and Osai was at edge and Malcolm Roach is a nose tackle. That was a fantastic package until all the defensive backs went down one at a time to shoulder injuries. So that, they, they might just explore something like that to get as many of these guys in the field as often as they can. All right. Uh, I tell you what, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, football, uh, spring practice, as well as recruiting. Uh, but next, we're going to get to uh, the basketball game tonight in Kansas City. That's why I'm here uh, in Kansas City. Uh, but before we do that, we have a basketball-focused trivia question that our, our Ian Boyd came up with as we were uh, contemplating this prior to the show. Uh, our tr- weekly trivia question is brought to you by Last Stand Hats. Uh, Last Stand Hats has unique Longhorn paraphernalia in gear. Uh, if you want any, uh, please check them out, laststandhats.com. Make sure you use the promo code BOBBY10 uh, for 10% off. Uh, we do a weekly trivia challenge here, uh, and Ian today is going to be the deliverer of that uh, trivia 
question because he's the one that came up with it. Go for it, Ian. And Jerry Hamilton gave him the okay on this, by the way. Right. It's been somewhat fact-checked. All right. So by my by my count, this is the third time that Sean Miller has coached opposite. Uh, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ogden and Rodney Terry in an NCAA basketball game. And it's the second time that he's coached opposite them in a Sweet 16 game. So the trivia question is, when is the last time Sean Miller coached opposite Terry and Ogden in a Sweet 16 game in the tournament? You got to get the teams, the year. Oh, you're you're asking for it all. Ian has no problem. He wants he wants it all. Let's see if anybody gets this right. Teams and the year. All right. We'll see if it's coming in. 2008. Jay the activist says. Well, I don't actually nope. know the answer. I have to look it up. I just remember. Okay, Jerry well, knows the answer. I'm going to put put Jerry on the on the on the thing here. Is oh, we can, We don't have anybody that has the answer, so I'm just throwing it out there. I I'm looking. Okay, I'm going to give a hint. I'm going to give a I hint. Think somebody's got it. I think I think uh, Daniel P may have gotten it right. What what what's the answer? Somebody's got it. Jeremy, okay, it, Chris. It was 2004 against Xavier. Chris um, um, Chris Ogden was a student assistant coach. He had just run out of eligibility after the Final Four team. He was student assistant coach. Rodney Terry, assistant coach. Sean Miller, assistant coach. Xavier Daniel P got the question. All three guys were on the bench. <laughs> Uh, in that Sweet 16 game. Good job, Daniel P. Uh, 20 years later, they're, they're playing for a chance to go to the Elite Eight uh, tonight. Uh, Jerry, I'm going to stick with you. Uh, question that came in, and I think this is a good way, because I think that we've broken down this game so many different ways, right? I mean, we've talked about it as nause- ad nauseum. Uh, question for somebody, who do you think is the leading score <laughs> on the game tonight for the Longhorns? Um, I think Xavier's really going to force Texas to – play in the mid-range game a lot. Um, I think Marcus Carr needs to have a big game tonight. I think he needs to put about 18-20 on the board for Texas tonight. Um, the game after DC scores 28, he's playing against better players in the paint. Um, Hunter, uh, Jerome Hunter, and Nunji. Um, Sean Miller is a big-time coach. He's not going to let Dylan DeSue go for 28 points tonight. Um, they're going to they're going to show on the ball screen game then kind of back down and pack the middle off of that ball screen. That's what I expect Xavier to do. Um, I think Texas is going to have to have a lot of mid-range scoring tonight from the guards, and they got to hit some timely threes, and then they got to get to the free throw line. So you look at that because they have to challenge Xavier's guards. I think you can get at their guards. Marquette had a lot of success going right at Xavier's guards. Um, so I think it's going to be Marcus Carr, 18, 19, 20 points tonight for Carr. I think he's going to play well. Got it. I, I feel like Marcus Carr is kind of that mid-range guy. Uh, mm-hmm. He likes to get some get physicality, maybe get get somebody on him, and, and then go up with it. Um, is what about Serge Barry Rice? Rice, by the way, I got to mention this. Uh, as of today, he is now an official spokesperson for Doritos. I don't know if y'all saw this. He got an nil deal with Great Doritos, 
he and uh, Marcus Sasser from U of H uh, during this uh, uh, this Sweet Sixteen. Was he going to be pump faking Doritos to people or something? <laughs> I don't know. People are going to be dogs are going to be jumping for a Dorito. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Uh, but anyways, I, I, I'm I'm thinking that Sir Jabari Rice may have something to say with that. I, the X factor, though, for me, and, and this uh, I want to get your take, both Jerry and Ian, on this. The X factor for me tonight uh, are two guys, Tyrese Hunter and Timmy Allen. Yeah. Um, both of those guys, now, while Timmy Allen is more consistent, he can actually have some issues at times and cause some issues on for the team from an offensive standpoint. Tyrese Hunter is really, I mean, he is kind of – that X factor overall, like if he has a good game, Texas is going to be really, really difficult 100%. to beat, period, uh, by anybody in the country. If he has a meh or not so good game, it's a different story. Uh, how important are those two tonight? What will be interesting is, so where Tyrese Hunter has to be most important tonight, they got to pressure Sule Baum, uh, Sule Baum. Um, he is not a true point guard. He is a combo guard. Sean Miller's done a masterful job of making him the point guard without making him the point guard, so to speak. Um, but you can pressure him. He will turn his back to a lot of ball pressure. Has shown that in the past. Tyrese Hunter and Arterio Morris's role tonight, I think, if he can play really defend against Xavier's actions, that's tough for a freshman. But they have to pressure the ball tonight. Um, Marquette, uh, they t Xavier turned it over 15 times on average the last two times they played Marquette and lost after Zach Fremantle's injury. Texas has to turn them, turn them over a little bit tonight. They have to keep him out of the, the being comfortable in all the sets that uh, Sean Miller runs. They have to – I think you're going to see him pressure the ball down the court a little more, make him take a little more time getting into sets. So I think Hunter, he's got to make some timely shots. He's got to attack the basket. He needs to get two or three of those buckets in the paint like he did against Penn State, but he has to be tremendous on defense and really pressure the ball without fouling. Got it. Um, all right, what about this one, Jerry? The depth and athleticism will wear down Xavier in the second half. Talking about Texas here, Ryan Nelson. Kennesaw's point guard consistently got in the lane against Xavier's guards. Your well, and, yeah, I think I think you'll see a little – I think you'll see zone. Uh, Xavier played some zone in each of the first two uh, round 64-32 games. They may play a little more zone against Texas. Um, to keep these guys out of foul trouble because, look, Sean Miller's this is his fourth Elite Eight, his fifth Elite Eight as coach now. Um, he's he's no dummy. He knows he's got to protect his guards from early foul trouble. So I think you may see a little bit more zone. And I guess that's also that drop coverage is what I think you're going to see from Xavier. They're going to show on the ball screen if Texas hits a couple threes early, but they're still going to show. They have better, big, better bigs to show than Penn State. But then they're going to play more of a drop coverage and make Texas score in the mid-range. That's what they're going to do. But Texas has more depth. Xavier is playing six-and-a-half players right now. Uh, they have Desmond Collard, a really talented freshman guard off the bench, and they have a big Edwards that plays a few minutes, but not a heavy-minute player. Um, so the, I know another key to this game, to that point, is if Texas can get Xavier in the foul trouble early in this game, it's – it bodes really well for the Longhorns, where depth really can come into play. Ryan, thank you so much for that uh, super chat. We appreciate it. Somebody else is saying uh, that we got the answer. That the uh, another person got the answer right first. Uh, James Williams, so thanks for letting us know. Uh, Colin got the question right first. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, I'll, I'll go back and check. Uh, there is no gift today to the winner of the trivia challenge. Uh, but we do want to be uh, right by the folks that are participating uh, in this. All right, let's, uh, guys. There's you remember 35. that game? 
Do you remember that, that game, Bobby? Do you remember the game where Xavier and Texas played in the Sweet 16? I remember. So here's the reason why I'm going to tell you this. Not only do I remember this, this is the reason why I'm in Kansas City today. Okay. The last time I didn't go to Texas and Xavier in the Sweet 16, Texas lost. The prior time that I did go in 1990, and when Texas played Xavier in the Sweet 16, Texas won. So I'm here because I am superstitious. There you go. Every tech, every <laughs> Texas fan can go to DraftKings and place their bet now. <laughs> I was a uh, my bookie, whatever you want to use, right? But I no, seriously, I, I I I remember it. Um, and you know that was a Texas team that had the the capacity to go further, uh, but they just didn't didn't get there. All right, this is what I want to do now. We got about 35 minutes left in this chat in this live stream. Uh, we appreciate everybody checking in. Uh, I'm going to just go down through questions, and it's going to be kind of a mix and mash. Whatever you guys are wanting to know about, please ask. We'll try to be as helpful as possible, whether it's spring scrimmage, whether it's basketball, whether it's recruiting. Uh, you know, we'll try to try to uh, uh, be as good as possible. Also, I, I want to mention this: Texas plays Texas Tech in baseball uh, this weekend uh, in, in in Austin. Uh, Longhorns have an 11 game win streak, but Texas Tech is supposed to be the higher-ranked team coming into this. So we'll see how the young Texas Longhorn baseball team fares this weekend. All right, let's get it going. And uh, I'll tell you what, let's uh, ask this one. And this was from Joe. You said Cook, Jerry. I said Jabari Rice. Ian, who do you think? Well, I don't know if mid-range matters. Maybe this is a Timmy Allen game. He's exactly the guy. And if they play zone, he's a guy that you could – feed the ball at the at the free throw line in the in the hole in the zone and let him operate he can make good decisions from there he can shoot off the dribble so seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s with new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Just to be different, but for that reason, maybe Timmy Allen. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, Savion Red, and this is from Silver Fox. Savion Red and Jaden Blue, which back do you keep and why if you had to keep one? Now, Texas doesn't have to keep one. Uh, I, I do want to say this. Uh, it was reported by me that uh, Jaden Blue at one point this fall or this winter was expected to enter, put his name into the transfer portal. 24 hours later, he had changed his mind, acted like he never had had changed it. But he, in fact, did uh, based on multiple sources there. We'll see how that comes about and, and how it plays out. But he's certainly getting a lot of work this spring, given that Keelan Robinson is out with a groin. Jonathan Brooks has been. Uh, 75% to this point. Uh, Blue has been uh, one of the first guys off the bit off the are uh, in the game or in the in the scrimmages and in, in play. Uh, Jerry, you've seen them both at a couple of practices now. Which way do you lean between Savion Red and Jaden Blue, or do you want to keep them both? Well, I think it, um, to me that's up to Blue how he performs. Look, I mean, I've broken him down a few times, but I'll do it again. A, a tremendous pass catcher out of the backfield. He has as good a hands and as natural just catching a football as, as a running back as you'll see. I mean, it's it's impressive to watch now. He was a great seven-on-seven seven running back. That wasn't a fluke. He really catches the ball well. 
he's also a space player to this point in his career. Um, for Blue to really become a the back that I think people thought he could be or was ranked as, he's got to drop his pads. He's got to play through contact. He's got to show contact balance. He's going to have to run between the tackles. And the reason I say that is because the guy that was the other part of that question, Savion Red, you know he's going to do that. And he's just now starting to get comfortable at that position. But, you know, he played a, you know, pretty much a wildcat quarterback of sorts in high school. I mean, in he is running the football between the tackles is not new to Savion Red. He just did it from the quarterback position. But he has got tremendous feet. If you watch them in drills, he has the, as quick a feet as any back out there. It, his his little pitter-patter stop-start is as quick as any back out there. And I know he's got that physical toughness, and he's going to want to drop his pads on Jalen Ford and show Jalen Ford that I can play this position. That's his mindset. That's his attitude. So, to me, it's really up to Jaden Blue. I think this is kind of almost a make-or-break spring for Jaden Blue. Cedric Baxter's coming in. Savion Red was moved to running back. Those guys are going to come on fast. So, Jaden Blue is getting these opportunities now, and he's got to make the most of them. Red was mentioned in the, today's humidor on Inside Texas. Uh, once again, uh, it's saying that he made some uh, or an impressive run at one point during Thursday's scrimmage. Jerry, uh, I'm speaking here with Jerry Hamilton and Ian Boyd, both of Inside Texas. I'm Bobby Burton uh, in Kansas City today, ready for the Longhorns to take on Xavier at 845 uh, on CBS. Hey, uh, Jerry, I'm looking at this and uh, we're talking about uh, this other stuff and, and Texas is going to have a recruiting weekend this weekend on top of what we expect to be uh, a uh, uh, a scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, is Braylon Connolly one of the young guys that is coming in, and what are your thoughts on him uh, as a prospect? This coming we, from Young Horn 10. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't think he's coming in this week. Um, you know, we don't think he's coming in this weekend. Actually, I just got a, a, a DM that another player is coming in this weekend, Miles Davis, Converse Judson. A kid Texas offered at safety said he's going to yeah. be in Austin this weekend. So uh, that'll be his, he was at the January 21st junior day. So that'll be his second visit. But uh, on Conley, we have not heard that he's coming in. I will double check on that. Um, look, what's interesting about Braylon Conley, it's a good question because I was at Clear Lake High School yesterday. And actually, Hunter Modden was not at high school at Clear Lake High School yesterday, but I was. He was there earlier. He left before athletic period and nobody knew where he went, but that's another story. He's fine. Um, he just, he had, he, I guess he had an appointment that the football staff didn't know about. So I was at Clear Lake yesterday to see Hunter Modden, uh, but I did get the visit with the staff. And the, the interesting thing I picked up was something we've been curious about as a group at Inside Texas. Where does Texas see him playing? And, and this factors in the, this Braylon Conley discussion. Um, the Clear Lake coaching staff said when Sarkeesian and Blake Gideon came by the school in January, uh, Steve Sarkeesian said, Hunter, we want you in the class, but we want you to play cornerback at Texas. And that was kind of a switch because Brennan Marion had recruited Modden and he committed. And that was, but that was Marion's school as well, right? So they kind of took him as an athlete wide receiver first. But Sarkeesian has said, we want you to play corner. We want you in the class, but we want you to play corner. We think you have a very high upside at corner. So does that affect the kid like Braylon Conley? How many corners is Texas going to take? You know, Kobe Black's right there, one of the top corners in the country. So if Hunter Corey Gibson wants to be a corner too, Corey Gibson wants to start his career at corner, a la Terrence Brooks, right? And see if a la Austin Jordan. So those are two other guys, and you already have one committed. So how hard is the push going to be there? I think that's two. But, but now Braylon Conley could be a safety. He has more safety speed than he does true corner speed. 
So I'm not sure he's as athletic as Ryan Watts is, honestly, as far as speed, pure speed goes, but he has a similar frame at a young age. So it'll be interesting to see where Texas goes with Braylon Conley. That's a good note on Madden and also a good note on Miles Davis, the safety out of Converse Judson coming in that we had not previously reported. It'll be up on Inside Texas here momentarily as Jer- Jerry uh, puts that up in the, in the um, uh, thread that allows us uh, that we track all the incoming visitors for this weekend. Uh, Ian, this one's for you, buddy, from Joel McWaters. Do you see Coach Kyle Flood, the offensive line coach, being comfortable with a more mix-and-match approach to the line, or is he going to want to have as much consistency as possible? Last year, he absolutely wanted consistency because he was dealing with a very short deck. You know, what what are your thoughts now? Yeah, I'm in theory, an inside line, sorry, an inside zone-based coach can have more flexibility because there's so much overlap between the positions. But Flood is very detail-oriented, and he's got – maybe a little more specific ideas for his uh, linemen than maybe another inside zone coach. Plus Texas has a very big playbook with a lot of different schemes. So I've seen him, I've seen him mix and match some in the past. He did a some at Alabama. I think Landon Dickerson played like two or three different positions for them. Um, he mixed around a little bit first year at Texas, partly by need. He did a pretty good job with it. So he doesn't seem uncomfortable. I, I think he'll do that if necessary, but I don't, doesn't seem to be like Herb Hand did that a ton. He had zero problems moving guys around. I don't think that Flood is quite like that. I think he would rather keep more consistency than not, but um, he's not, he's not stuck in. We have to have guys in the same spot every week. Got it. Jerry, you have any thoughts on that one? I do. Oh, I was, I'm sorry. I was, uh, exchanging messages with miles davis so i'll have to pass on that question (laughs) (laughs) i think that's fine i think we'll live for that one dude okay um all right i think this is a good one for everybody uh by the way we're taking your questions right now uh here on this live stream on a friday afternoon uh myself uh jerry hamilton uh ian boyd uh just feel free to uh, fill up the bucket we're going to try to get to all of them as quickly as we can this is from ryan and it's a question for all three of us and i think he's talking about football here not basketball Question for all three of you. Give the last Texas team that you think this year's team is not as good as. I'll, I'll go to I'll go 2000. Was it nine? I, I, I think it's possibly the 2018 team coalesced a little bit uh, more. The team that, that beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl uh, and kind of came together late probably was a stronger team. Even if it wasn't a stronger team on paper, they just had some adults in the building doing some good work like Joe Osai, Sam Ellinger, those guys. Uh, Jerry, Ian, which one, whichever one of you two want to take it next. Go ahead, Ian. I'll go after you. I I think the same as you, Bobby. Um, you know, 2014, if they hadn't – sorry, not 2014. 2013, if they had not lost David Ash to a concussion, was theoretically one of the better teams we've seen in the last – 15, since 2009, um, but they did, so they didn't end up there. Then they had some. I probably 2018 is the best team since 2009, and I'm not, I'm not entirely 100% sure this team will be better than the 2018 team. But I think that that's kind of the expectation is that they will figure out an identity that that gives them. It's what that 2018 team had was an identity on both sides of the ball. All the pieces fit. They knew what they wanted to do. Um, 
this team has to find that. If they do, then they should be the best since 2009. Jerry? Yeah, I, I agree with you all on the football and basketball, best since the Final Four team. Okay, got it. No, no, yeah. sorry. No, that that's not correct. Best since 05, 06, Elite 18 with Aldridge, Gibson, and P.J. Tucker. Got it. All what, right. about, what about the Augustine? What about the Augustine team? That that team was that team was good, but if they got in the one, if they got in the bracket with a Memphis, you knew they couldn't beat Memphis. I, I don't look at this Texas team and say they don't have a chance. Like I think this team was a little better all around, and maybe because they're all thirty years old. I mean, but they were. <laughs> I mean, they're. Be, I think they're better all around. <laughs> that team could really shoot the heck out of the ball, though. All right, hey, uh, is Travell Johnson still at linebacker? This is for Justin Dude. Yes, he is. Uh, not uh, busting a grape, so to speak, quite yet, though. Uh, just uh, not quite in the, the uh, range. Here we go. Jay, the activist. Jerry, any basketball portal targets at this point? Uh, I know you started talking about some, uh, but we've been kind of on hold until we thought Robbie Terry was officially going to get the job. Now we believe he is. So the portal starts to open really for Texas. Yeah, I can tell people, I, I can tell everybody as Texas is the staff is uh, having discussions with kids that jump in the portal or making contact with guys that jump in the portal. Um, it, it's an interesting time right now because if you're not playing in the tournament, you have a huge advantage in the portal. It's kind of weird that the portal's open right now. I mean, it's like you're penalized for winning in basketball, which is kind of weird. Um, but so Texas is not only penalized for winning while they're having conversations with the kids, they still can't tell them the answer they want to know who's going to be the head coach at Texas. I think we'll know that here uh, uh, two or three days after the Texas season ends, whenever that ends. Uh, but yes, they are making contact with guys. They know they need a big and they know they need an experienced guard. But what else plays into the portal is they're not done in 2023 in high school. Now they've got two or three or four guys that they're still in the mix for. They're entering the mix for uh, through these coaching, through the coaching carousel. And a couple of guys out there didn't sign early. Um, but then you have how many guys are coming back next year. I mean, you know you're losing four for sure. Chances are you lose one or two more than that. So it, there's th three, four different things moving right now. There's a lot of moving parts with basketball. Oh, and most importantly, they're trying to get to the Elite Eight. But they are making contact. Uh, they are talking to some guards in the portal. They are hunting for a, a big in the portal. Um, and you know, the, the other key thing at the portal in basketball, I don't think it's any, I think it's different than football is you have to have patience because a lot of these kids, a lot more kids are going to jump in the portal after the tournament. Um, and so that is, that is a big part of this is there's what 800 kids in the portal now, but only maybe 15 that Texas would have interest in 20 max that they'd even call on. Uh, but that number is going to double if not triple after the NCAA tournament's over. Jerry, hey, Jerry. Oh, go ahead, Ian. I'm sorry. So they figure to have Dylan Mitchell back, I assume, right? Maybe. Okay. Uh, Dylan DeSue probably is back. Probably. And then uh, Ron Holland is coming in as a freshman, right? He's and A.J. Johnson. Yeah. He's a guard, right? A.J. Yeah. Johnson's the point. Yeah. So what kind of big are they going to be looking for? Do they slide Mitchell down to – wing more or are they, they looking for a power forward a backup center what's the well i i think they need i think it's it's all about rim protection so i think they're going to be looking for a six nine guy let's assume dylan dusu comes back and he's made a i'm heck of a lot in nil money in this tournament in the last week and a half if he if he chooses to come back more than he'd make overseas um so I think they want another six nine guy. I think Christian Bishop is a good role player for them. I think they want to get bigger with that 
uh, at big, but he's got to be a skilled guy. Look, what they don't want is a non-skilled guy. Um, they want a guy that can switch defensively. They don't want just a paint presence that can't do anything else. Um, I think they need to recruit a paint presence that will do nothing else, but that's hard to find that role player in college basketball. Guys, the guys jumping in the portal don't want to play eight minutes a game, ten minutes a game. So that's kind of what the, the tough thing. And then I think you're going to see – one thing I think you're going to see um, with Terry and the staff is they'll take a high school big and two portal bigs and kind of develop those high school bigs. Uh, take one every, in every class and develop it. But it's going to be a skilled guy that where the game's going. It's got to be a guy that can play face in the basket and can help your spacing. I'd like to see him take somebody like a Brock Cunningham that can be a glue guy too and, and kind of develop over years. Hey, I, I want to say this. Uh, Jerry, you made a comment, and this uh, made me think of what I was I was looking at. I was going to write an article today on Inside Texas, but I got uh, too busy with, with getting over here. You know, as I was watching the games last night, uh, guys, I recognized that two teams that Texas beat this year is already, are already in the Elite Eight. Oh, yeah. Gary, this goes to your point of, hey, th this is a tournament where there's nobody that Texas can't beat. They may not beat them on that night. Right. That's, that's the big question, right? Uh, but there are people that they can um, beat. Gonzaga, or Gonzaga, excuse me, already in the Elite Eight. Kansas State, already in the Elite Eight. You even look forward to tonight. Creighton. Uh, Creighton is playing to go to the, the Elite Eight against Princeton. Yeah. who they are favored over. Yes. Um, and so you're literally looking at three teams that could be the in, in the Elite Eight that, that Texas uh, has beaten. And I think that that uh, is uh, really, really interesting. Uh, well, uh, Bobby, it's a great point. And, and I haven't seen if any other team has beaten three teams that are in the Sweet 16. Um, but I'll say this. If Texas were to win tonight uh, – and look, I think Texas is the better team. I think they should win tonight. But I'm going to say the same thing I've been saying on Inside Texas. They have to be better for two and a half hours tonight. Uh, the rest of it just doesn't matter. Um, but if Texas wins tonight, I think Creighton will beat Princeton. I'm not discounting Princeton. It's the NCAA tournament. But I, I do think Zay, uh, Creighton will win that game. That would be four of the uh, four of your elite eight teams is Texas and three teams they've beaten. I don't think there's going to be a better resume – out there than Texas as if all that happens. Yeah, I get it. Um, hey, Nigel, this is a question for Nigel. I'll try to answer this as best as possible. Nigel Robertson asking, when is Texas's first football scrimmage? We believe that's tomorrow. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has not made any uh, official announcements, uh, but we believe that uh, tomorrow's practice will be heavily scrimmage-oriented. Uh, it's typically that way whenever they bring a bunch of recruits in uh, like they are tomorrow. No official announcement. But that's kind of what our sourcing is tell is telling us at, at this point in time. Um, all right, gonna go real quick to David Dalrymple. Pick all the games for today. I'm gonna do mine, and then I'll let you guys do it. San Diego State versus Alabama. I'm going Alabama. Miami, Houston. I'm going Miami. <laughs> uh, Princeton, Creighton. I'm gonna stick with uh, the guys from Omaha, Creighton. Uh, Xavier, Texas. I'm rooting for the Longhorns. Uh, those so I went Alabama, Miami, Creighton, Texas. Ian, you're next. Uh, same except I'll flip Xavier beating Texas. Oh, hmm. what are you doing? That's just ruining. I mean, Ian, it's like the reverse jinx. I hope Jerry, what do you got? Uh, I'll go same, but I'm, I've got to go with Houston. Um, 
Wait, you're going Xavier also over Texas? No, no, no. Same as you, but but with Houston, uh, flipping Houston. No, no. Oh, no. There, there. Did somebody talk reason into No, no, no. I, I'd be set on fire outside the Moody Center if I picked te- uh, Xavier over Texas on this. <laughs> um, okay. Um, but, I, I look, the Houston-Miami's get such an interesting game. I mean, to me, this the Houston guards still aren't 100% healthy, but it, they looked healthy enough against Auburn. I mean, Auburn did miss 18 or 19, 17, 19 free throws in that game. But Marcus Sasser played really well for not being 100%. Uh, Shed played well for not being 100%. They go through some scoring droughts. Um, Wong is a tough cover. He'll test the growing muscle of Marcus Sasser laterally. But I think Houston, I think Kelvin Sampson, I think that team is kind of like Texas. I think they're – very mature in the way they go about things. Um, and I think it's a locked-in team. Got it. Fair enough. Um, but I hope right. you're right, Bobby. <laughs> Let's go here. I want to do this one. I want to ask Ian and Jerry this question. How many carries – this is from Ski Breck. How many carries do you think uh, uh, Cedric Baxter gets this year? Um, what did what did uh, B. John Robinson get as a freshman? About 100? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is that about right? Maybe, maybe less. Let's say. Yeah, Jerry should look it up. By the way, how annoying is it, everybody, that that the the autocorrect always changes carries to carries as a possessive? Hey, how, he, how he, annoying he, is it? How annoying is it that Ian Boyd just picked Xavier over Texas? Bijan only had 86 carries, but he had 15 receptions, so he had 100, 101 touches as a freshman. Oh. I, I think, think that's, that's about right. I think Baxter's going to get more carries than that. Uh, I'll say I'll say he hits the hundred mark. I mean that's eight carries a game. Gotcha. Uh, right. I'll say one hundred and ten for uh, Baxter. Yeah, right. that was a short season too. That Bijan plus twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, Eric seventy six. Is there an outside linebacker pass rusher that could jump in the portal? And what level of player does he need to be for Texas to take said player? That's Bobby, a good you take that one. Yeah, no, this is – look, there's no doubt that that Texas tries to recruit starters from the portal. I mean, we, we get that. The, the reality of it is is that there just aren't that many out there that Texas would be interested in, or there haven't been, that have gone into the portal thus far. Um, but there is no doubt that Texas is desperately looking for a edge that they think can make a difference in the portal. Yes, Justice Finkley and Ethan Burke are coming on, maybe even a Jamon Taft. And and by the end of next year, they may be ready. But that's not going to be the first six games. It's like Baron Sorrell last year. He really wasn't ready the first six games. Now, had a couple of good games against lesser opponents, but he also got washed out the first half of the year. He, he then started playing better as the year wore on. I think the other side is going to be the same way this year unless they get somebody – out of the pool. Hey, hey, Bobby, follow up to that because I think it's important. It so much was made over not getting O'Shawn Mathis last year out of the portal, but then he did not have a good year at all for Nebraska. Is there hesitation with the staff more, or is there any 
it, does that create hesitation or are they just like that's in the that's in the rearview mirror and we're moving on because that was a big recruitment at the time but it didn't turn out to be a difference maker recruitment. It ended up being Drew Sanders was the one guy that they probably wish they had a hat. Yeah, I, I think that that's possibly it. I, I think they're more, um, as it relates to the portal, they're really more talking about the Ajay Hall, Jaleel Billingsley experiments. Yeah. that's Those, those are the ones they don't want to have because those are just – those are distractions yeah. that they don't need as, as – team they need to they when they go to the portal they need to be going and getting someone they think 95 percent sure are going to be helping uh the football team and i think that's where they really come out of it and and get going um all right i, I will add going. on the outside linebacker there is there is a chance that if there's a scheme change somewhere and a guy doesn't like how he fits in the new scheme in the spring great point you could, you could see a guy jump in the portal uh, after spring football, if they're like, I, this isn't for me. I gave it a chance and I don't like it. It's a great but point. To your point, that position is just usually a team, if they have a really good pass rusher, they'll make their scheme work for yeah, their right. so, They aren't letting those guys go. A couple yeah. of quick basketball recruiting notes. Is Brawny really a five-star? Yeah. And is he worth a look by Texas? And then also, Jerry, this one, should Texas win tonight, do they match up better with Houston or Miami? Okay, so here's my here's what I'll say on Brawny. I saw him at NBA PA Top 100 Camp in Orlando last summer. And at the time, I thought he was a top 50 type of guy. But he's played better as a senior. I've watched him on TV a couple of times. He's definitely top 25 kid in the class. And here's where I don't want to be stupid on a kid like that. He's going to come into a college and nothing's going to surprise him. He is going to be prepared for the good and the bad. Um and I'm not comparing him as a prospect to Arch Manning, but those guys come in. I don't want to make a mistake with my thoughts with Brawny. Those guys come in with a total different mindset and way they've been brought up than a lot of kids. He is going to come in and play really well wherever he goes. I don't think there's any doubt about it because he's been prepared for it. He plays against NBA guys every day. There's nothing he hasn't seen. There's nothing he hasn't experienced. He's been brought up by one of the greatest – athletes of all time um and that matters so i think Bronny's going to play like a five-star player in his college career and i think he'll play in the nba um jerry yeah jerry, but let me just throw this at you what if you're rodney terry and you just got the head coaching job at texas and maybe Bronny isn't taking to your system very well or he's not one of your starters and then you've got lebron james and clutch sports subtweeting you or maybe directly criticizing you in the media. I I think I that's why he's not committed anywhere yet. <laughs> yeah, that would be very that would scare me. I, I think those are whoever recruits him, there's some important conversations that don't have to happen with Brawny. They have to happen with LeBron on expectations for his son. And those, that, those conversations are going to be key in where that kid eventually signs. Hey, with all the stuff around LeBron James, guys, we could talk about that for a, days on end. And I really don't care about what that about him. So yeah. Yeah. I, I know I'm in the in the minority on that. But, uh, you know, uh, he, I, I, but who, who did Texas match up better with? If, if, if Texas were to win, do they match up better with Houston or Miami, Jerry? I think Miami um, because, um, one, Kelvin Sampson is such a – tough, physical, hard-nosed guy, um, and his players are that on the court. 
I think Miami's more of an open style team. They don't defend as well, especially in that second rotation. Uh, Miami has really good guards. They're really going to test you. But those guys, Texas, you know Texas can defend at a high level. I think U of H could beat Texas up a little bit over a 40-minute game those last 30 minutes inside that 12-foot area. Um, I don't think Miami can do that. They have a double-double guy, but I don't think they have that type of depth or that type of play style. So I would much rather play Miami to go to the Final Four than I would Houston. Interesting. All right. I, uh, this one's coming back to me. Our colleague, this is from Britt Rasco, uh, our colleague, J.D. Pickell, at on three, rated OU as having the best QB room in the conference. I totally disagree. What say you all? Three. I'll just say – I, other than other than Dylan Gabriel, I mean, Jackson Arnold is their number two now. I mean, no offense, but he's a one-read guy at this point. Yes. Um, I don't know who ultimately will be or have the, the top QB room. Texas will have more talent than anyone. Uh, but going into the year, you'd have to say maybe um, Dylan Gabriel is the best quarterback in the conference. Maybe Quinn Ewers is. Maybe Tyler Slough at, at, at Texas Tech. I was going to say maybe Kansas State has the best quarterback in the in Maybe the UCF does. I mean, I think the top two, if you say going into the season, who whose starter could go down and that team has a really good player, it's it's almost Texas Tech. Yeah, because they've got proven guys. I mean, or Baron Morton. Morton I don't I'm know just Baron Morton's proven, but he's done it. They think Baron Morton's going to be a draft pick in Lubbock, and they've been saying that since before he took a snap in the game. Um, so, and he played pretty well and he's got a lot of upside. I don't know what Ian thinks, but as far as, okay, who could go down and this team's still really good. It, it's Texas tech probably be my pick right now without looking into it. K state obviously lost somebody. Oklahoma state's going to be interesting. You know, who's, you know, who's in Stillwater. You remember the name Alan Bowman from Texas tech? Yeah. I went to Michigan. So they have him and the kid they really like from Fris, Frisco Lone Star. So they got, they got two guys that they really like in Stillwater, um, after Spencer Sanders left. So we'll see. My Mike Gundy is such a witch. I mean, he really is. He just makes he makes lemonade out of lemon sometimes. Uh, Ian, who do you think has the best QB room in the Big Twelve? Pickell does some uh, some really good breakdown videos sometimes. I, I remember watching some of those before he uh, joined on three. They were really good. Um, but I would probably put Oklahoma more on the other side of the bottom of the Big Twelve in terms of quarterbacks. Um, Dylan Gabriel had some of the better stats last year, but that system is just Drop back, is Marvin Mims running wide open? If yes, please hit him. You know, And that was the bulk of his production. It's a very simple system. A lot of quarterbacks in the Big 12 would be successful in it. He would not be successful in a lot of other Big 12 offenses. And behind him, as we saw in the Red River shootout, is Bupkis. So, no, no. They're like seventh or something in, in my eyes. We got time for a couple more questions here. I'm speaking with Ian Boyd and Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com. Please visit us at InsideTexas.com uh, for uh, news and notes. Uh, David Williams, speaking of offensive line, Coach Sarkeesian recently commented about wanting the best five on the field. I don't think that's as easy as saying it. I think Jake Majors is the center. I think you're right. Um, and I don't know that Jake Majors has the size, the ideal size they want at center. And Cole Hudson, had he been available this spring, may have really gotten a hard, hard look at, at center because he's more that type 
prototype that Kyle Flood likes. I, I feel like if, if we're looking at it this way right now, they want the top five. They may not have a chance to get the top five in there. Is my opinion, Jerry. Well, I think the, the other interesting thing is it's hard to unseat starters, right? Neto is a more talented player than Hayden Connor is, but it's hard to unseat a, st a starter. I mean, Neto has, a, outside of Kelvin Banks, he has about as much talent as anybody they have, but it's just hard to unseat a starter. But to Sarkeesian's point, you know, if Neto goes and grabs it, he goes and grabs it, you know, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at here. Or what Coach, Coach Sarkeesian's getting at here is, you know, he wants the competition. He wants the the competition, the cream, the rise to the top. And it's hard to unseat starters, center, Hayden Connor at left guard. But you know what? Cole Hudson was going to play left guard to start this spring. So it, to me, when they were talking about Cole Hudson playing left guard and you're talking about Neto now second team left guard, Hayden Connor's got the most competition to keep his spot. And he's probably not as talented as the guys he's, he's trying to hold off. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, this is interesting. We didn't mention him, Jaden Daniels, a quarterback at KU, maybe the best quarterback in the Big 12. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe. I mean, for, for that, for the style of offense he runs, he may be more well suited than anybody. Before we take our last hey, hey, go ahead. Before we take our last two questions, I want to I want to say thank you to our sponsor again. I really appreciate this guy, Andy Ludicky of myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, if you're looking to leave the corporate rat race tired of two weeks uh, PTO, uh, no flexibility in your schedule or the amount of money you make, uh, please give Andy a call or uh, email him at Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, Andy is a good guy and tries to get guys into businesses that can really uh, help them out. Um, Jerry and Ian, we've got a, a couple more questions I want to take in uh, here. Uh, and this is really, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing that I'm looking at right now from a, a Texas perspective as it relates to both football and basketball and all these sports is just how well they're doing. Um, you know, as it relates to football, we, we need, we know we need to see a quarterback, a different level of Quinn Ewers this year. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, we know that Malik Murphy is back and, and probably more healthy than he's been since his time at Texas. He's back in the rotation, getting, getting looks Arch Manning, Jerry, you and I have both seen him in person as a Longhorn. And there is no doubt that physically he fits the mold. I think Texas is set at quarterback, but I don't know what they're going to make of it this year to really get the best out of it. If that makes sense. I, I think maybe Quinn Ewers is still one year of seasoning away from being that guy. Um, and given that, is Texas going to be good enough this year uh, in, in football. I mean, are they going to win 10 games because they've got a quarterback get, that can throw it around the yard with, with authority? I, well, I go back to, you know, something I wrote on Inside Texas yesterday, uh, yesterday about wide receiver room and um, how good Isaiah Nayor was before his injury. 
Uh, and look, it's too easy to pin things on a point guard or, or, or a quarterback in sports, right? Um, he, Texas is going to have more guys this year at wideout. They're going to have more options to throw the ball to. They're going to have the ability to play more three wides um, and really maximize uh, that. Um, and I think that, I don't know what Ian thinks, but I think that helps his quarterback just as much as um, having an extra year of experience is look, I mean, name quarterbacks that are great players without good players at wide receiver around them. There aren't a lot that you can name. I mean, Vince Young is a freak of nature, right? Uh, but that his game was totally different. But pure passing quarterbacks, there, you know, you got to have the, you got to have your staple of wide receivers. You got to have a guy go get a 50 50 ball. Because every ball that Quinn Ewers threw incomplete last year was not a bad pass, but it looked like it a lot of times. But you got to have guys that can go make plays for you. And I think it kind of all snowballed last year. So Quinn Ewers has a, a year of experience, which is so important. But he's got a better wide receiver room this year, and he's got guys that should be able to go up and make plays on the ball. And if you combine both of those, I think Texas quarterback play is going to go up more than one or two notches. I don't know what Ian thinks. Well, I think to Jerry's point, there was a lot of years in the in the Mac Brown heyday in the 2000s where the quarterback hadn't quite figured it all out, but they won 10 games because of the overall talent level of the program. Yeah, um, is Texas there with that level of talent? Probably not quite, but they also and, and not they not just hey, it's not just a Texas thing. I think that college football, though, I think it's the teams that Texas is playing now have more talent too. So it's not just not, the talent. Not this season. <laughs> not this season. No, maybe not. Fair enough. No, I, I, think, I think they can get there. Okay. I, I want to say this. Uh, my daughter just uh, walked in. Uh, we're getting ready to go to the game together tonight. Uh, so uh, I've got about uh, one time for one more question. Uh, and let's uh, see what I got here. And let's go with. Why don't, hey, have Abby answer the question. That's not going to work. <laughs> he knows nothing about uh, – she's just here to, to root him on. Uh, you know, I, I think that's uh, one of the things that we got to talk about. Let me see here. Let's go with this one because it's a comment – it's a question that E and I tackled yesterday uh, in the Jordan Whittington thing and something that you just brought up with Isaiah Nayor, Jerry. Uh, playing three wides is less about the wide receiver and more about the QB's ability to account for extra rushers. Ian, take that one on a little bit in common. Uh, not necessarily. You can you can still protect with the tight end and the running back and take shots from three wide. You don't have to play a style where the quarterback has to do a lot of uh, of hot reads against the blitz in three wide. Now Texas might. Um, they probably should because I think yours has that potential and flooding the field with extra receivers is potentially really dynamic for Texas next year. But uh, it doesn't it doesn't have to be. Got it. All right. Hey, guys, that's going to do it. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're here in Kansas City uh, and I'm excited to get down there to the power and light district. Have a little fun before uh, the tip off. Uh, it's about six hours away, six and a half hours away. Texas takes on Xavier uh, in the Sweet 16. Uh, the Longhorns trying to get to the Elite Eight and play the winner of the Miami Houston game. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, Ian Boyd, both of InsideTexas.com. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, guys, enjoy it tonight. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Uh, we'll be back on early tomorrow uh, with a wrap-up of the game, talk a little other stuff going on, including uh, the big recruiting weekend in Austin. For Jerry and Ian, I'm Bobby Burton, and this has been On Texas Football.